Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. You know, I feel like I have people say a lot of times that when they listen to the podcast, it's like kind of their little escape from life. But I hope you guys know that when I record the podcast, it is my escape from life. You guys are my escape, my escape from life. And I just love you so much. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm recording today from my home studio. I don't know if I've ever told you guys that. I'm, I mean, I'm sure like it's not, I don't, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that like it's some big secret, but I just, I record from home now. I was recording at an external studio for a few months. And then when I got this apartment it had an extra bedroom. So I was like, I'm going to whip that up into a studio. And I mean, there's some work to be done, but I got a couple chairs in here, got a rug, some curtains. I always try to you know, enunciate the T's and things because people think that's a Utah accent. People think that saying like Mount mountain is very Utah, but I feel like the majority of people drop their T's. Like, I, I don't feel like if you go to California or somewhere, they're going to say mountain. Maybe they will, you know, I just don't listen to me. That's basically my disclaimer for this entire episode. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm going to say a lot of things and uh, they might not be right. But yeah, I'm recording at home in my home studio. I actually love it. I love having a little home office and I'm wearing my Skims pajamas. They're not a sponsor, but I mean, if they want to be, I would not be mad because Skims hits every time and every time I think it's not going to. And guess what? She pulls through. Kimberly Noel Kardashian pulls through for us. And yeah, I have them in this new fiery red color. It's like it is serving Santa, but it is, they're super comfortable. So anyway, that's kind of a visual onto what I'm <laughs> doing. Don't know why I felt the need to give you that. But today's episode is a little segment that I like to call Dr. Maddie Schlesinger. I used to call it just Dr. Maddie. And then I wasn't sure if it was coming across that I was trying to do like a Dr. Laura vibe. So I threw Schlesinger slash, oh man, with my veneers, I can't say certain words and Schlesinger is for sure one of them. Yesterday is another one that gets stuck in my mouth. Uh, but yeah, I have a lot of memories of driving around with my mom and running errands with her and listening to Dr. Laura. And 
I would love like a, a psychological evaluation on all of us who grew up listening to Dr. Laura, because man, first of all, Dr. Laura, she really, she really thought she ate, you know, like she thought she was giving the best advice. And looking back, it's probably super problematic and it probably affected us all in a lot of ways. So, um, <laughs> as I'm saying that I'm like, you know what? People might describe me that way, but that's okay. Cause we're all just, we're all trying our best. So I had you guys submit, you know, what do you need my advice on? And I don't do this because I think that I have the best advice, but I'm just here to be a, a listening ear. You know, I'm here to kind of bounce ideas off of, I'm here to just be your bestie. Sometimes your bestie doesn't have the best advice, but it just helps to talk things through and see them from a different perspective. So please never assume that I think that I have the best advice. And also please never assume that I take my own advice because that would be a mistake if you thought that I did that. I try to be self-aware. Like I try to be like, especially in this season of my life, like I'm really trying to be aware of like why I do the things I do, why I say certain things, why I react to certain things. And it's, not always pleasant, but I, I do try to be as self-aware as possible. And I know sometimes I'm not. See how self-aware I am? I even know when I'm not being self-aware. Anyway, announcements. I feel like I have some announcements. There is a merch drop uh, this week on the 8th over on Dear Media. Uh, I, I want to give a little explanation with this merch drop because it causes quite a tizzy in some people when they see this merch of mine. And I'm just going to let you guys in on the on the inside joke that I know most of you guys know. So um, back like probably two years ago, when the podcast kind of started to get some traction, I got the message from guys, I got this DM all the time. Hey, you're really funny for a girl, like for a girl, you are like really crushing it. Like, I always got this for a girl thing. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that sentence, which is the stupidest sentence I've ever been told. And I'm going to put it on a sweatshirt. I'm going to make money off of it. So I did this funny for a girl sweatshirt and it ended up that a lot of people liked it and it kind of became this regular merch item that we did. Uh, but as it's progressed, I've had people ask like, well, will you do smart for a girl or strong for a girl? Because like, I mean, with my job, yeah, I get funny for a girl, but a lot of people like, I know that there's a lot of like athletes out there, a lot of female athletes who get strong for a girl or like fast for a girl or things like that. A lot of women in academia that get smart for a girl. And I just think it is like, I, I think it's literally the dumbest sentence ever. Like, I, I think it's so stupid. And that's why I think it's so funny on merch, because I think that when you put it on merch and you let people read it and see how stupid it is, then they will know that it's the dumbest thing they've ever said. You know, like I wanted to, I wanted to take this guy's DM and I wanted to like mirror it back to him and be like, do you see, do you see that this is ridiculous? Like, do you see that adding on for a girl at the end of things is like the most absurd thing that you can do? So we put them all on sweatshirts because they're ridiculous and hilarious. And, uh, being a girl does not make you, uh, inherently, you know, it does not make the bar inherently lower. You know, I'm, I'm not funny for a girl. I'm just funny. Okay. Deal with it. So this week we have funny for a girl, strong for a girl, smart for a girl. Those three crew necks launching this week over on Dear Media. It's also International Women's Month. And over here at the Bad Broadcast, we are FTG. Okay. We are always for the girls. I got to credit my friend Erica to for that saying, because she taught me that. And I say it to literally everything. 
I'm like, oh, are we going to dinner? Of course we're going to dinner. I'm FTG. Like, are we staying home tonight? For sure. Because we're FTG. Like we're just, we're for the girls. So, uh, yep, those will be launching. And I think that might be the, the only other, uh, announce or the only announcement period. Uh, there may still be tickets left to Dear Media in real life, Dear Media IRL, the show in Austin. I know a lot of you guys got tickets. I'm so excited for, I'm so excited for that event. It's going to be so much fun. And Patreon. Patreon is launched. It's live. Um, if you sign up for the $10 tier, you get access to the private close friends Instagram. It's a separate Instagram account. It's not like my close friends list on the bad broadcast, but yeah, you get access to the separate Instagram account. And if, if all goes to plan, when this episode comes out, we will be doing chick flick madness over on that account. So if you want to sign up for Patreon and get access to that, uh, do it, do it and come hang out. All right. I think that's everything. I think that's everything we've got. So now it's time to begin. It's time to begin our our Dr. Maddie Schlesinger uh, segment. I wonder if, is does Dr. Laura have music? Hold please. Let me see if Dr. Laura has music. All right. I did not find any intro music to Dr. Laura, but I did come across the fact that I think she has a podcast. I don't know if it's still going, but something's on here about about a podcast. So maybe I should have her on. Maybe I should should, you know, tell her that she helped form probably a lot of my really bad opinions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But let's get started on some of these submissions. I'm doing something a little crazy today. Uh, I have not pre-read these. I'm just going to kind of go with it and hope that it turns out okay, because I like not knowing and like I usually pre-read all of these and it makes it hard because I then I want to like act shocked I usually tell you guys, like, I'm usually like, oh, this shocked me the first time I read it, but it's not the same. It's not as fun as the initial reaction. Okay. So let's begin with who knows what these submissions are segment. Welcome to dear Dr. Maddie Schlesinger. All right. She says, how do I deal with a sister-in-law that I hate? We have never had a good relationship. And in the beginning I tried everything, but she continually ignored me. Now I don't even try, but everyone seems to be upset at the fact that I don't like her. <sighs> in-laws are hard. In-laws are hard. I just want to validate that first. I feel like we talk about it a lot. We talk about mothers-in-law, fathers-in-law. We talk a lot about in-laws. It's hard to blend families. And it's especially hard. What I'm well, I I mean, I don't know how she's your sister-in-law. I don't know if it's your husband's sister or your brother's wife. But either way, it's hard because you have a mutual person that you both really love. And that's kind of where my advice like stems from is that maybe that's like what the focus of your relationship with your sister-in-law should be like, not, not in a competitive way, not in a, like, I'm assuming, I'm just going to assume that she's your brother's wife. I don't know. That's, that's what I'm going to go for. Not saying that like you need to only talk about your brother, but I'm saying maybe that could help you, you know, get closer to her because you do obviously care about your brother. You both have this vested interest in this person. So maybe those are like, maybe you can talk about that. Maybe you can talk about like things that they're doing or, you know, stay updated on their life. Maybe you don't have to be, I think you don't have to be like besties with your in-laws. I think it's totally fine if you're not super close with your in-laws, if they're not who you call every second of every day. I think that's totally fine. I think take the pressure off of it. Maybe just build a slight friendship. I also feel like this happens a lot that initially people don't like their in-laws and then they give it a few years, the relationship builds, kids come into the picture and it all kind of smooths over. So 
don't get down, first of all. Second of all, maybe find some common ground. You obviously already have common ground because you're family of sorts. Um, and just give it some time. That's what I would say. That's, that's what I would say on dealing with sisters-in-law. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So in my late 20s, I find myself doing a lot of self-evaluation. I'm learning a lot. I'm changing my mind a lot. I'm learning what I really want out of life. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process because we're always growing and changing. And I feel like a lot of us are in this phase of life where we're looking back at our past decisions and being like, wait, is this really what I want to do forever? Or am I going to change it up a little bit? But therapy is a perfect tool to use when you're going through life transitions because therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and your understanding about your life. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do unless we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy is my fave. I go to Kathy once a week. I don't know why I'm saying that in a little jingle, but I hope it's stuck in your head for the rest of the day. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You'll just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. They just make all of the annoying things about finding a therapist way easier. Like you can just go in, find somebody. If it doesn't work, you just switch over. You can't really do that with traditional talk therapy. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad. This episode of the Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Gooder. Gooder is making sunglasses of the people, okay? Because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'm like, I should buy some really expensive sunglasses. And then guess what happens? They either snap or I sit on them or they're basically the exact same as like a $25 pair. So the good news is that Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, and are 100% polarized. They're lightweight, they're comfortable, they're stylish. They have a bunch of cool colors. I have the hooked on Onyx ones in case you guys are wondering. And if you're active or running, they're not going to slip or bounce or fall off. And they're super easy to clean. Their sunglasses start at only $25 a pair. They've got a one-year warranty, 30-day free returns, 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and they are a 100% carbon neutral company. I also love the names that they choose for all their sunglasses. I was having so much fun going through their website. They've got ones like a ginger soul, $9 pour over donkey goggles. Like I said, the ones I have are called hooked on onyx. I thought that they were so funny. You guys should go look at them. So not only are they affordable and they look good, but they're also great for things like running or cycling, working out, golfing, going to the beach, hiking, or just hanging out. I do about two of those things and they're hanging out and going to the beach. <laughs> and guess what? The sunglasses are perfect for them. So from exercise to errands to sunset, I love my gooders and you will too. So if you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the bad broadcast listeners free shipping on your first order. I put a link in the show notes so you can click on it there, but you can also go to gooder.com slash bad to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. So find your pair at G O O D R dot com slash bad and get free shipping. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
Okay, next up. Where are we? Sorry, you guys are getting this. You guys are getting this live. All right. She says, hey, girly, love you. Love the pod. I'm just asking out of curiosity and kind of desperation. I'm also a big shoe girly and I am a lady size 10 and have decided to invest in a pair of Doc Martin platforms. Sorry, she said plats. So I didn't know if she was trying to say flats, but I think she's trying to say platforms because one, I can, two, they're cute. And three, I need a pair of shoes that lasts. My question slash concern is I've heard nightmare stories about the break-in process and how people get insane blisters or even bleed wearing them. As a fellow big shoe girly, how was your experience? So for those of you that don't know, I am part of the big the Bigfoot community, unfortunately. I wear a size 11 and, you know, that was a shame. That was a shame for a big part of my life, mainly because my shoe size grew with my age. So my mom used to make this joke like all the time. Like I was a size eight when I was eight, nine, nine. Obviously I don't need to explain to you how numbers work. But yeah, when I was 11, I had a size 11 foot and I was also 5'11". I said that on the podcast with Lucy, I think. Um, So yeah, I also had bunions. All right. I had surgery on one of my feet. I had bunion surgery. People ask me a lot about that. I'm just really cranking out the hard hitting content for you, aren't I? Uh, but I had I had bunion surgery on my left foot. And it was really not that bad. People always were like, oh, bunion surgery is the worst. It really wasn't that bad. I was in a walking boot for like six weeks and then uh, or a walking cast. And then I had a boot and it was totally fine and totally worth it. And anyway, so, yeah, I'm a size 11 foot. I usually have to just buy like men's size, like in, in things like I don't know, like sneakers, like I can usually find them in men's sizes that fit better. Or I just have to go to places like Nordstrom Rack where they have an entire wall of size 11. You know, I just I got to make it easier on myself somehow. Uh, So yeah, my Doc Martens, I wear my boots, I wear my boots pretty often. And they were a nightmare. They were a nightmare to break in. And I remember I actually took them to Europe after they had already been broken in. Like they were they were, they're worn, like they were worn down. I probably had had them for like 18 months at that point. And they sucked. They sucked walking around in them. Uh, my lace up Doc Martens that are not platforms. Those were totally fine. Those I could, I like once those were broken in, they were totally fine. But yeah, my platforms, they must just be super heavy because they suck to walk around in. I mean, they're fine for, oh no, I didn't take them out to Europe. I took them to New York and I mean, not that it really matters. You walk either place, but uh, yeah, they were terrible, but they're my, they're my favorite shoes. I mean, I wear them all the time, but yeah, they're not good for walking. So if that's, I mean, this, I can, I can stand by my advice on this one. If you're needing like a good walkable platform boot, I don't think Doc Martens are your, are your journey. Okay. Next one. My friend is dating a true piece of shit which she recognizes, but she says she loves him too much to let him go because she knows she is supposed to end up with him, not in a religious way. <laughs> I love when you guys clarify that. You're like, it's not, it's, we're not talking Holy Spirit here. The story she tells me would blow your mind. For example, he uses her car because his has flat tires and he doesn't want to fix them. He works a full-time job and has almost nothing to pay for. So wait, let's see. And has almost nothing to pay for. So it's not a money thing. He just likes her car more and likes having a reason to use it. She tries to bring it up how it's her car, how he's not on the insurance, how she needs the car. And it always ends in a huge fight every time where he tells her she's selfish and doesn't understand how much he struggles and that he truly can't afford to fix it. How do I convince her he's a piece of shit? Okay. Okay. This. Okay. Listen up. 
first of all, if you're hearing this and your friends hate your boyfriend, okay? I mean, I, I understand that it's hard to listen to that. It's hard to hear that. They don't know them like you do. They don't, they're not there in like the private moments. But if there's multiple people in your life that think that the person you're with is a piece of shit, it's worth taking pause. It's worth noticing. Okay. It's worth like really digging into. If you are the friend of somebody dating somebody terrible, you, you have every right to say, say how you feel. Okay. Say that you don't like them. Say you don't want to hang out with them. But I think that the best thing that you can do for your friend is, is be there, is be there for them. Because you know, like, you know, that relationship is going to end. Okay. You know that she's going to figure it out one way or another. Maybe not. Maybe they're going to get married. Who knows? But being there will, will be the best thing ever. Like, because your friendship will be stronger. Say this, this relationship ends, which I mean, I bet it does. Okay. I bet my bottom dollar that this relationship ends. Uh, she's going to come to you and she's going to say, thank you for being there and being honest with me, but also sticking around and not saying, Hey, well, you need to choose between me and your boyfriend. Cause that's not, that's not the job of a best friend. The best friend's job is to be honest, be present, be, be a support. So telling her how you feel and setting back, maybe like, I, maybe I just said this, but like setting boundaries for like, Hey, I don't want to hang out with him. Like I really don't like him. So if you're hanging out with him, I don't want to be there. But then reminding her, like, I'm here for you. I'm your best friend. If you need something, if you're going through something, like I'm going to be here for you no matter what. So either way, stick around, keep being honest and hope that she figures it out. And chances are she will. And she's going to look back and be really, really, really grateful. I feel like that's kind of a classic, a classic best friend problem to have. Also, like if you do hate your best friend's boyfriend. I mean, I think it's worth like considering why you hate them. Like I think sometimes people hate the boyfriend just because they're spending a lot of time with them or something. I don't think that's a fair reason to hate a boyfriend. Like if they're a real, you know, if they're being a dick, then yeah, that's why you should hate them. But sometimes people are like, well, I hate my, my best friend's boyfriend because she spends a lot of time with him. No, that's a, that's a you thing. That's people should spend a lot of time with their boyfriends. Like I'm not saying that they need to ditch their friends every second of every day. But I just think it's worth, you know, we're just, we're all learning to take pause, take pause and realize why we do things. That's kind of my, kind of my vibe lately. All right. Next one. Is it polite to invite someone as a courtesy, even though you know they can't come? I hear both sides and I can understand why inviting opens the possibility of someone coming, but is it ruder to exclude because you know they can't come anyway? Sorry, I just had a hiccup. I say invite. I say invite no matter what, if you know, they can't come. I mean, it's just like, I always want to be invited even when I don't want to go and I can go. I still want to be invited. Like it's always a nice gesture. I think if you, if you're deciding between, you know, inviting or not inviting, do the nicer thing, which is to invite them. You can even say like, Hey, I know you're busy, but just so you know, like you're invited. That always makes people feel good. Okay. Next one. I feel like I get excluded from certain activities because I'm single. I have cousins and friends who are all married and I get left out of dinners, hangouts, and even, and it's even to the point where, where they'll drop me off and then continue hanging out. Be real has exposed them. Haha. <laughs> it feels hurtful. I don't know what to do. Is this all in my head? I get that there's stuff I don't want to be included in LOL, but is it weird that something so simple as hanging out is relationship specific? Those sound like bad, boring friends. <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably projecting, but I just feel like friends who like only want to hang out with couples. That's so boring. I've never felt that way in, in or out of a relationship. I think it's weird to like 
only want people who are in relationships at something. I don't know. I think that that's, I think that those are bad friends. So I don't, I don't feel like you're being dramatic. I would be, I would feel super left out if they were, if like my close friends were like, sorry, couples only. I mean, I guess, let me, let me think. I'm trying to think of like an activity that it makes sense that it's couples only. <sighs> nope. Can't think of one. Okay. Maybe it's like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, dancing. <laughs> I don't know. Are they going like ballroom dancing where you have to have a partner? That makes sense. But even still, they should invite you and say, bring a date if you want. Why can't you do that? Why can't you, why can't they say, Hey, you should bring a date or a, a friend or somebody to like partner up with if we're playing like games that require a partner. I don't know. So yeah, those sound like bad friends. And it sounds like you need friends who are more fun to hang out with. And also I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Next one. My best friend who is 36 and never married is a year and a half into dating a married guy. Huh. All right. Not off to a great start. He's been married two other times and is 18 years older than him. Wait. And she is 18 years older than him. You do the math. Wait, (laughs) hold on. Hold on. I'm okay. He's been married two other times and is 18 years older or does she? Okay. I think that this has a typo in it because it says he's been married two other times and is 18 years older than him. But I think it means, uh, and is 18 years older than her. Wait, maybe they're gay. They could be gay. I shouldn't assume. I'm so sorry. I should not assume. 18 years older than him. him. But the guy who's been married two other times is 18 years older than the 36-year-old. Okay. I don't know anybody's gender here, so I'm just going to go with that. It's getting old, and I truly cannot stand being her friend. Oh, her. Okay. So it was a typo. <laughs> I was just trying to be inclusive, and I didn't want to make anyone feel bad. Uh, but I think it was a typo. Okay. And <laughs> Stan being her friend anymore because of it. On top of that, I'm recently engaged and she has been so passive aggressive about it, about it happening for me, but not her. You guys, when are we going to, when are we going to like start being happy for our friends? Like, when is that going to like, when's that going to be the cool thing to do on top of that? Oh wait, I just read that. I so badly want to be petty about it, but I don't want to ruin anyone's life with my own two hands. How do I handle this without turning into the most disgustingly petty version of myself? And how to maybe not revert back to my pre-enlightened self and send a, maybe since you haven't even RSVP'd, you just don't even come text at 3 a.m. Okay. Uh, how to not, how, we need to like a how to not be petty 101 class because bad broadcast listeners, you guys were some petty bitches. All right. All of us, all of us. I mean, I just, I literally just had a, a collab where I made a necklace for us that said petty. Like all of us get real petty. However. Has being petty in situations like this ever made it better? No. Who does it help? Usually no one. It helps us for a little, helps us for a few minutes. We feel pretty validated. And then uh, usually the the rebound effect happens and we no longer feel good about what we did. So here's the thing that I think you got to do. I think you got to, I think you got to put a, a little bit of a, not a boundary, not a wall, not distance, but just a little, a little, um, not barrier. Barrier is too strong. I'm trying to think of something that's just like a light curtain, a curtain, a curtain, curtain with a T. Uh, just like a, like a little bit, just so that it doesn't ruin the planning of your wedding. It doesn't affect your relationship because chances are you're going to get married and she's going to break up with this guy and things are going to go back to normal in like five minutes. But I think that that's okay to just put a little bit of, of, you know, a, a step, a sidestep. 
I'm not saying in the relationship. I'm not saying she sucks as a friend, but I am saying that it is really hard to be friends with people who don't celebrate you, people who are not excited for you, people who make, you know, their shit yours in times of happiness. Like that's really hard. So I think that that's okay to just, to just distance yourself a little bit, keep it kind, you know, rage to your fiance, rage to your journal, rage to your mom. Uh, but then keep it, keep the relationship kind of smoothed over because I don't think that being petty is really going to do anything. I really don't. I mean, maybe if she approaches you and she like confronts you and then you can sit down and have a conversation about it does not sound like that's the vibe of this relationship, but maybe it'll happen. Uh, but I think that's okay to just, you know, maybe spend a little bit less time with her. Uh, just kind of do your own thing, get your, get your wedding going, get the planning, get excited about that and try to not let, you know, outside, outside people infiltrate with their rancid vibes. Okay. Next one. How many times do you have to hang out with someone to get a good read on whether or not you want to be long-term friends with them? I hung out with some new people last night and I didn't really feel connected to them, but I'm wondering if I just need to give it time. I don't want to throw away potentially good relationships, but also I don't want to spend a lot of time and energy on relationships that aren't going to flourish. Well, let me answer this from my perspective. How many times do I have to hang out with somebody uh, before I get a good read? Once. Once. I usually I usually need once. My best friends, it was a one-time thing, and I knew that that was what the relation I knew that that was going to be a relationship I kept. But sometimes I hang out with people and after one, I think, "All right, this is going to be like a really fun friend to have. Like this is like, this is going to be like a really fun, like, you know, lunch date. I think Wes and I talked about this a little bit, like kind of that next circle out. That's not like you're super close friends, but I think that there's room for all types of relationships. I don't think that every single person that you hang out with has to be, you know, your ride or die bestie forever. I think that you can have people that you're just like, oh yeah, I had a nice time and I would love to like keep hanging out. But if it, the magic isn't there for a best friendship, then you don't have to, you don't have to push it. But I don't think you ever have to like throw away a relationship just because the first time you hung out, it's like, oh, we're not going to be best friends. Then let's not be friends at all. I don't think that's, I don't think that's any way to live. I think we all need different types of friends. So yeah, I say, keep hanging out with them, see where it goes. Maybe like, maybe you'll like break off with one of them and like, they'll be your best friend. I don't know. But I think that, uh, I think that you usually have a good read after one hangout. Oh, that's, that might be a hot take. That might be a really hot take that I just said. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Way. All right. So spring is right around the corner. Well, you know, I'm saying that hopefully because where I live, there's not a, there's not a speck of spring in sight, but I'm hoping it's real and it's not just a myth. And spring is a great time for a reset, for a little spring cleaning, some new habits, whatever it might be. And the best way that you can give your hair a little reset is with Way. Way has, oh, the best products, the best smelling products. They are just lining my shower walls right now. And I know I've said this before, but you guys know that I will pay for these at full price. If I'm in a pinch and I need way now, I will go buy it at the store. I won't even use my own discount code because I need it that immediately. 
Anything that your scalp or hair might need, Way has you covered or your body. I also love their body products, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about things like their anti-dandruff shampoo, which fights flakes and soothes your scalp. It's got salicylic acid and is 100% clinically proven to gently soothe itchy, irritated scalps while keeping the hair soft and clean. They also have their detox shampoo, which gives your scalp and hair a reset. It's perfect if you're super oily or you've got some unwanted shine or if you're flaky or dry, it just takes out all that gunk. It's a nice little, a nice little boost, a nice little refresh. They also have their scalp serum, which balances and hydrates your scalp and keeps your hair looking strong and luscious. So the way to healthy hair this season and beyond starts here. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code BAD for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com code BAD for 15% off. This episode of the BAD broadcast is sponsored by Third Love. You guys know that me and bras, you know, we have a tough relationship. We haven't always gotten along. Sometimes I give them the silent treatment. Sometimes they fight me back a little bit. Like we've had a rough go. Okay. But unfortunately, I'm not the kind of gal who can go braless, if you know what I mean. So I just got a new third love bra. Actually, I got a 24 seven second skin unlined bra and it's doing something for me. Okay. The girls are girling. It doesn't pinch. It doesn't poke. It doesn't slip. It keeps me supported. And I honestly, as far as bras go, I don't really notice that it's there. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. They also have their 24 seven classic t-shirt bra, which is super popular, which is like your everyday go-to bra forms your body. So your boobs always look their best. They also have a fitting room quiz. So most of us probably are wearing the wrong bra size and it can also change so much, even like the time of the month. You know, we all have different, our, our boobs are doing weird things. They're getting weird. So third love makes it easy to find a bra that actually fits with their fitting room quiz. The fitting room quiz is like a personal shopper, but better. It focuses on size, breast shape, fit issues, and your style to find bras that are perfect for you. They also have a perfect fit promise. So you will never get stuck with a bad bra again because their returns and exchanges are free for 60 days. So ditch your bad bras and get a better one that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off of your first order at thirdlove.com slash bad. That's 20% off of your first order today at thirdlove.com slash bad. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. All right, next one. Found out I'm pregnant, which is a super exciting surprise, but now I'm moving, getting married, being pregnant, going through labor and becoming a mom all before the end of the year. I feel like my brain can't grasp it all. And I'm just sad that the European summer I had planned probably isn't happening. Any any advice on how to cope with major life changes you weren't expecting? Well, I've never had a life change that I wasn't expecting. So can't relate. Just kidding. Obviously, that's a joke. Here's what I've learned about big life experiences. Uh, you can't think too far 
ahead. Okay. You just got to do tomorrow. Sometimes you just got to do today. Sometimes you just got to make it through today and then you wake up tomorrow and you do tomorrow. I, I have found that that is how my brain best copes with big things. And maybe it's depressing, but I do always tell myself I might die. You know, I might die in a week. So why am I worrying about six months from now? Because I might be dead. We all might be dead. We don't really know for sure. I know that's morbid, but you can't tell me that it's not true. We don't know for sure. So just do today. Just do today. And then you wake up tomorrow and you do tomorrow. And I think that all these things that you're listing, moving, getting married, being pregnant, going through labor, those things will all come and go. And you will handle them as they come and as they go. And then you will do the next thing that life has to offer you. So you just do tomorrow and maybe tomorrow is doing wedding stuff. So you just do that. Maybe the next day you're sick from being pregnant. Just do that. And I know that's sad. That's sad that, you know, European summer, you got to be pregnant, you're moving, you're doing all that. But I'm a baby gal myself. You guys know I love the babies. And I have seen all of my friends, all of my loved ones, everybody who has a baby in my life, I've seen their joy expand about seven million times more than they thought it would. So is a European summer awesome? And will you probably get to do that at some point in your life? Yeah. But also the joy of a baby. I'm so happy for you. So just take it one day, take it one day and then do the next day. Just 24 hour increments. You don't need to do any more than that. Okay. Next one. My dearest Maddie, I've been struggling hard with this. And after listening to you talk about friendship breakups in the past, I thought I'd make an appointment with Dr. Maddie. I went through my worst friendship breakup about six years ago. We were both at fault in our own ways. We were in our very early 20s and navigating some big things. And after years of making peace with it, I understand we both failed ourselves and each other in the situation. I tried apologizing and getting closure a few years ago, but it was not well received to say the least. Sorry, I keep hiccuping. I took that for what it was and I moved forward with my life. Fast forward to now, out of nowhere, she followed me on Instagram. I followed her back and didn't give it much thought in the moment because I was going to be cool and chill and not care. But I do care. It's evident she's got some big life changes lately. And to my core, I am so happy for her and have always rooted for her success. The people who you love the most are the ones who have the ability to crush you the most. And that love didn't just go away because our friendship imploded. But here's where I'm spiraling. Did she follow me just so I'd follow her back and see how well she's doing as a big F you to me? Is this some kind of olive branch? It's really starting to F with my mind. Oh, you, you almost got me there. I'm saving those. I'm saving those bombs for the Patreon. In case you're wondering, that's where I do my where I'm doing my spicy stuff. And, and was that the whole point? I don't really know what to do or how to feel. What's your read on it? And how would you handle these feelings? I wish I was cooler and chiller and actually had the ability to not care, but here we are. So my, my opinion, full, full opinion here. I, I feel like when people like are, you know, have big life changes and are like, quote unquote, crushing life. I, I don't see it often that like they, think to themselves like, oh, I got to like go follow people. So they see me doing really well. Like, I feel like when people are genuinely doing well and kind of happy in their life, they're not really thinking about those things. So I I don't know where I'm going with that really. But the bottom line is that I don't think she followed you so that you would see her life and be like jealous of her life. It's not striking me as that. It's kind of striking me as like, okay, this was years ago and maybe like her life changes or her life progression has maybe made her feel a little bit softer about the situation. And so she followed you. I don't know. It's also hard because I don't know this person and the personalities are probably different than I'm thinking that they are, but I just don't, I don't see that very often. Like I feel like 
I don't know, at times in my life where I've been doing well, I don't think about like, oh, I should go follow these people so they like see how good my life is. Like, that's not even like, that's a me problem. If I'm doing that shit, like that's something that's going on in me and I'm not actually as happy as I'm saying I am. So I don't know. From the context I have, these 10 lines of context, it seems like she's maybe just trying to approach a casual friendship, perhaps an olive branch. I don't think that she's doing it to be manipulative or scary or or mean. But again, you know her better than than me. But that's kind of my read on it. I would not spend too much time spiraling on it. I would, I would, you know, give her a like, give her a story reply every now and then, a kind one, not anything passive aggressive or weird. You know, send a send a heart eyes, send a oh my gosh, this looks amazing vibe. But yeah, I think that I think that it sounds like it sounds like it could be coming from a good place. So that's what I'm hoping is happening for all of our sakes. But don't don't spend too much time spiraling. Spiraling. Oh, another word I can't say. Has anything positive come out of spiraling for literally any of us? Raise your hand. Any any of you raising your hand? Okay. Cool. Uh oh, this one is like a medical a medical question. <laughs> I should have clarified what Dr. Maddie was. No, I did. What do you need my advice on? And somebody said, it hurts when I swallow it and I turn my head. It's been happening since college. <sighs> I'm so sorry that I don't know, but definitely see a real doctor because uh, believe it or not, I am not a medical doctor. Okay, next one. My friend and I started a podcast. What's your best advice when starting? Okay, I'll do this one quick because I feel like I, when I, I mean, I know that podcasting advice doesn't apply to everybody. Be consistent, uh, talk about stuff that you really like and have a script. I feel like people, people don't want to do an outline and they just want to like kind of go off the cuff. But for me, when I was starting out, a script was very, very helpful. All right. Next one. Hi, Maddie. I have a big friend group. We aren't really friends. We're more horny teenagers who need to be friends with the opposite gender. Okay. Love it. Loving the self-awareness queen. Uh, there are 10 boys and seven girls hell for an introvert. Anyway, it's my senior year of high school and I've never been asked to a dance because I am very, very introverted. I came to terms with it and decided I didn't care to go to dances and I really didn't. But then my girlfriend started hanging out and dating these boys. All my girlfriends thought I would get asked to homecoming for sure, but that didn't happen. And all the boys that didn't wait, but that didn't happen. And all the boys that didn't happen. Sorry. I think that might be a typo or I can't read. It's one of the two. I was okay with it, even though I was a little disappointed because all my friends were going except me and it was hard, but I got over it. Then time to ask to prom. Then the time to ask to prom rolled around and all of my girlfriends got asked to accept me and we were all together when they got asked and that shit sucked. Anyway, I'm not getting asked and I can't with all my friends talking about prom, even though it's in a month and I don't want to hear about it all month. Would it be a bitch move to tell them to shut up about it around me? Sorry for the long story. Love you. Also prom. She said prom does my school does prom freakishly early. Yeah, it's February. Well, I guess March. That seems crazy. Yeah. Prom is usually, no, I guess when I was in high school, prom was in March, but I do feel like that was early. I feel like normally, anyway, this is not important. does not pertain to the story. Okay. Here's, here's my advice looking back on high school. Cause you guys know, I've said before, I wasn't like dateable in high school. Boys like didn't like me. I went to dances, but I went I was with friends. Like I always went with friends. I never got kissed at a dance. I never went with, I think one time I went with like a boy that I like kind of liked, he did not like me, by the way. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. So I get the vibe. And I know that it seems like going to dances, like it, it feels like the the biggest thing in the entire world. And I'm not saying that to minimize 
what you're going through because I relate to that feeling. I know that feeling when you're in high school, like prom, all, all those things, like they feel like your world. They feel like they are going to affect you forever. Prom is going to come and go and the summer is going to roll around and you guys will, are never going to talk about it ever again. Like even my, like I, I mean, I had like close girlfriends from high school that we hung out, like, you know, after we graduated a few years after literally the day we graduated high school, like, I mean, I guess prom came up sometimes like, but never, it was never a lingering thing. And I genuinely thought, I mean, I genuinely thought that I would talk about my senior prom until the day that I died. I really did. And so my advice is always my advice for high school kids is that like your world is pretty limited right now because you're, it's just high school. You have access to only the same people every single day. And to answer your question, would it be mean to tell them to shut up about it around you? Not necessarily. I just like, I don't know how that will go. Like I don't, I mean, I put myself in that position in high school and had I express that to my friends. I don't know if it would go over super well. It would probably cause a bigger problem and make me more sad, which would also suck. So I don't know if you need to distance yourself from them, do some fun things here. Here's my advice for like the night of prom or the night of dances. You better be treating yourself so hard. You better be, you better be going to town on the self-care on the, you know, treats on the movies, on the online shopping, like do everything you can to just take care of yourself. That's what I honestly, if I can be honest with you, that's what I wish I would have done. Like instead of going to dances, because now there are pictures of me that exist out there in cap sleeve, David's bridal, floor length, army green dresses. And um, that might be the biggest regret of my life. So hang in there. It's going to be over soon. And it's not even going to be a blip on your radar. It's hard because I feel like when I give advice to high school students, like I think about myself in high school. And if somebody would have told me like, don't even worry about it. High school is going to be over soon. I'd be like, okay, cram it. You don't even know. You don't even know what, uh, what I'm going through. Okay. Next one. My absolute queen and idol, please help me. How do you handle the guilt that comes with being the one that ends a relationship? I just broke up with my boyfriend of almost two years after a long struggle of begging him to drop his toxic tendencies. He never cheated on me, but he was verbally and emotionally abusive. I reached a breaking point and had to end our relationship after he accused me of cheating on him out of his own paranoia. He understood that he had personal things to work on when I ended it with him, but days later he texted me and called me weak for not being able to stay by his side while he works through his problems. I know I made the right decision, but I've never been the one to break up with a partner and I feel so guilty for letting him down. Any advice would help. Thank you so much. I love you more than words could describe. FYI, you're hot. And if you ever choose to experiment with women, let me know. Oh, you guys know I love, I love a bisexual queen. Also, thank you for telling me that I'm hot. That's really nice. I don't, I don't think I am a hot girl. I don't think I've got hot girl vibes, which is totally fine. I'm not saying that I don't like the way I look or I think I'm ugly or anything like that. I just don't think I'm like hot, hot girl, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm inner hot. My, my hot girl is within. It's not really without <laughs> anyway. Okay. Dealing with the guilt of ending the relationship. Yeah. I mean, it, it is easier in a lot of ways to be dumped because then like you're the one that has to deal with it, but you know, feeling for the person that you ended the relationship with. I mean, that's, you know, that's empathy. That means that you're an empathetic person. It means that you care how you made somebody else feel. And I think that it's totally normal. And I think that there is no shame in doing what 
is best for you. I really don't. I think that sometimes people take that too far. Like I've been talking to my friends about this a lot recently, like this concept of like not putting up with toxicity and like doing, you know, taking care of yourself first and doing, doing the best thing for you. That is an absolutely wonderful way to live your life. That doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, not care how you make other people feel. That doesn't mean that every time somebody does something wrong, that like you just get a trump card of, well, you know, I have to do what's best for me. So I have to cut this relationship off. Like sometimes relationships are just tough, you know, family, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Sometimes they're just like, you know, life stuff that gets in the way that you got to put up with. That doesn't mean that you have to run away from every relationship that is not perfect all of the time. But then I think what you're describing and where your relationship got to, it got to a point where it wasn't good for you. Those are the times that it's time to cut the relationship off when it's hurting you, when it's not good for you, when it's, you know, when it does feel toxic and you use the word abusive, when it feels abusive, girl, it is time to go. It is time to get out of there. And there will always be a little part of you that feels bad because you're an empathetic person. But like you said, you know, you made the right decision and you just got to hold on to that because the, the rest of it will fade. You guys will both grow. You'll grow up. You'll move on. He'll be okay. You'll be okay. It's just temporary. And I feel like that's kind of my advice for all of these, all these submissions. I'm like, just get through it. It will end. But time does us a favor in that way that these things do move forward and you will be okay. And that will fade. And I think that you should uh, be proud of yourself for caring about how you made somebody else feel. It is a wonderful thing to be that empathetic. So congratulations. You'll get through it. It'll, it'll end soon. <laughs> Sorry. That's my only advice. I just, I just, I, I've experienced that so much in my life. I just really want to tell people about it all the time. Okay. Next one. I accidentally walked out of Target with a book in my cart without paying for it. I absolutely did not have the energy or desire to take it back in and do the honest thing. Can't decide if I'm a bad person. Nope. You're not. Did it on accident. Doesn't even count. I don't even think the good place would consider that, you know, negative points if you do it on accident. Uh, this next one says, what do I wear to the Taylor Swift concert? You guys, I'm in a tragedy because I don't know what I'm going to wear to the Taylor Swift concert, but I'm going in Texas. So I feel like I should go like debut era, maybe fearless era. I was talking to somebody on Instagram and I said, maybe I wanted to do like debut era with like a little bit of mirror ball, you know, or like fearless plus, you know, like a disco, disco cowgirl queen. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but I'll keep you guys posted. I, I think that there's going to be some insanely amazing outfits. I mean, what, what, like, can we just take a moment and say that the Eras tour, that concept is genius. People are going to, oh, people are going to show up in the most amazing thing. So I don't know what you should wear, but my top eras right now, I do love the Midnight's era that we're in. I know people love the reputation era. I don't. Okay. I'm about to give some, oof, I'm about to give a Taylor Swift hot take. I love girls in the reputation era. I think that it is gorgeous, beautiful, amazing. We love to see it slay, but I don't necessarily love Taylor Swift's reputation era. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I not to say I don't like it. It's just not my favorite. I'm way more of an evermore girly or a lover era. And I love midnights. Like that's kind of the vibe reputation. Didn't vibe with me as much. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I'm not going to take that out because I need to, you know, I need to speak. I need to speak my truth. Okay. <laughs> Next one. When my husband chews, he is one of the loudest. It is one of the loudest, grossest noises I have ever heard. I want to say something, but I can't. He is the most sensitive, precious soul. He would be so embarrassed. Our chewing sounds something you can even control. What would you do? 
you know how we were just talking about when it's time to cut someone out of your life. This is one of them. This is one of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, men are so icky. Sometimes they do things and like, I, I described it the other day, like sometimes I feel like, and, and I shouldn't even say, I shouldn't even say this is, this is all men. I've, I've seen this in other people too. I've seen it in women a lot, but some people just kind of have like a fogged glass in front of them, you know, between them and life. Like sometimes like they're just not seeing everything that's going on around them. Like I feel like a lot of people are looking through something crystal clear. Like they're seeing where everything is, where everything goes, how to, how to do everything. Some people's glass is just a little bit fogged. It's not their fault. They're just not super aware of it. And sometimes that happens with things like people who chew really loud. And oh man, if you're spending your life with them, I would say something. If it were me, I would say something. I would probably try and say it like lightheartedly and like really make sure that like you're not hurting anybody's feelings. But like, it sounds like it is a problem. So I would say something. I don't know. Okay, next one. I don't know if this will make sense typed out, but here's where I need some help. You know, when you start a new job or you meet a new group or you start hanging around new circles of people, naturally, we don't come straight out of the gate 100% our true selves. We reserve ourselves and hold back a bit. But what do I do if it's been a couple of years at a job and I like the people I've been with, but for some reason, I cannot be my true self. I got married young and when I think I... And when I did, I think I forced myself to change in order to be perceived as more mature, but my natural self is wild and goofy. What do I do to make my work life and relationships feel more authentic? Why am I obsessed with that question? That is like, oh, I feel like I'm going to love answering it. I don't know if I have amazing advice on it, but how to make your relationships feel more authentic. Part of me feels like you just kind of have to start. You just kind of have to, and and maybe it's like piece by piece and you have to just kind of start slowly showing like, you know, having conversations with people or going out with people or hanging out with people outside of work. Um, like, you know, planning something, planning a girl's night, planning a dinner, things so that people can really get to know you and then kind of diving in and just saying like, okay, hey, I'm going to like risk this. I mean, I know it's like, you know, it's that the the whole vulnerability thing, but it's like, you know, I'm going to Brene Brown this. I'm sorry. I don't know if we're sick of Brene Brown yet or not, but you know, it's where connection is. We all know that that is, you know, tried and true. Vulnerability brings connection. So you kind of just got to try. You got to just put it out there. But also I want to add on to this that I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when you feel different around different groups of people. You know, like I wouldn't be the same in front of my mom as I am in front of my friends. I wouldn't be the same in front of a date as I would in front of my brothers. Like though it's, it's okay. If you feel different, I used to really freak out about this. Like I used to have some serious, like, especially with the podcast, like I used to think like, what if I'm not giving 100% of the deepest, darkest, dirtiest truth I possibly can? Like, does that make me inauthentic? Does it make me a liar? Does it make me, you know, like what, what, could it possibly be? But really, we're all playing different roles. We all have different responsibilities. We have different dynamics. And there's no shame in saying, yeah, I'm a little bit different at work than I am at home. But I get where you're coming from that it's it's feeling like you're maybe not being, you're not comfortable with the level of role self that you're playing. So I would say, yeah, you just got to take the step. You got to start saying, you know, like, I feel like for me, like when I'm more comfortable with people, I'll, I'll like swear more. <laughs> Like the people I'm really comfortable with, I'll swear a lot when I'm with them. And so like, then it's like, but sometimes you got to just test the waters. You know, you just got to like dip a toe in. You got to see if they're cool with like a, with like an S bomb or a D bomb. That's what I call damn. Um, 
and you got to see and you just kind of got to start and then eventually the relationship builds you don't have to go in and be like hey by the way i've been lying about who i am and here's the here's the real me but you can just start you can just start doing it and chances are they will love you even more you will get along with them even better and your relationships will feel amazing but maybe the first step is planning something outside of work maybe i'll give you a little practical advice plan a little charcuterie night get a little wine flowing or perrier i don't know whatever you're into and uh just get loose you know be a little goofier with people and they'll love you. I just know it. All right. Next one. Sorry. I, again, you guys are getting this so live. I'm in a little bit of a tricky situation. I recently got out of a long-term relationship and I'm finding myself ready to date again. A few weeks ago, I met someone and we had insane chemistry. The catch is he's 30 years older than me. Am I crazy for wanting to pursue this? She said she's in her late twenties. I'm going to slap a number on that and say 28. Okay. Am I crazy for wanting to pursue this? He's made it very clear he's interested in me and we do really have an amazing connection. Would love some advice on the situation. Oh man. Oh man. Is it a red flag to me? Yeah. 30 years is a lot. A 58 year old man and a 28 year old woman is a lot. I'm just going to keep it so, so for real with you right now that that's a little much. Do I think that he's a bad person or creepy or anything like that? No. Do I think that it's dangerous? Not necessarily. But I think like, I mean, if you were somebody like if I had a 58 year old man in my life and he told like an uncle or like a brother or something and he said, yeah, I'm dating a girl who's 28. I would say you got to figure that out, man. There's something inside of you that you got to, you got to work on because that's, that's a big gap. So I don't know if that's what you want to hear, but that is my true, honest feelings about it. It is a red flag for me. I trust your judgment. If you feel safe and you know, you want to keep going, then I'm here for you. I'll, I'll pull the best friend, the best friend thing, and I will be here for you, but stay super honest that 30 years is a lot. That's a big, that's a big gap. Okay. Next one. We'll end on this one, shall we? It's a little bit longer, so let's dive in. Hi, Maddie. Love your podcast so much. I've been having this dilemma for the past few months and have been avoiding asking friends about it. I talked to my boyfriend about it and my mom, but because I just wanted to process it on my own for a bit, but now it's overwhelming and I'm super conflicted. I moved to Houston for grad school because my boyfriend and his family live here. I grew up living all over the place, even in some big cities overseas, but this move has been especially hard for me. Even though I've moved around a lot, the place I consider home is where I went to high school and is a smaller city in the Midwest where I went to college for the past four years. Oh, and where I went to college for the past four years is also a small place in the Midwest. Also, it is my first time living alone and it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I'm studying counseling and originally wanted to be a therapist. And there are times I love what I'm learning and times where I can feel the counselor burnout already starting, even though I am just in my training process. Back home in the Midwest, my immediate family is still all there and I am the oldest and only girl. The oldest and the only girl. You know, that's my that's my preferred friend type. I miss my family so much and I always miss them when I was at college too, but college was just different because I had a different routine and overall lifestyle and I lived with a bunch of friends. Basically, I don't know if I should move back home to the Midwest and leave Houston, my grad program, and do distance with my boyfriend. I feel like my mental health is taking a toll because I'm living alone and trying to navigate all the new things that come with that, along with a new program and career. I'm also 22 years old and I feel super old and like a child at the same time. My family loves me and would welcome me back with open arms. And sometimes I feel like, why am I struggling out here and doing big girl things when I could just live at home and get a more fun job with less burnout and take a break from school since I just did college and immediately entered my two-year master's degree? 
Part of me hates leaving things unfinished, but I really am struggling even though I have made friends here and my boyfriend is here. I feel really strung out and overwhelmed and like something is missing, but I don't know if I should just wait for it to get better. I've been here for about seven or eight months, but it feels like a super long time. Please let me know what you think I should do. I go back and forth all the time and the thought of packing up all my stuff and moving back home and doing long distance with my boyfriend really stresses me out. But the same t- at the same time, I feel like I just need to take it easy and be around my family. So I'm going to tell you what I would do if I was in this situation. And I don't know, again, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I don't know if it's good advice, but I would go home. I would because I just think that I mean, just all the things that you're listing, your mental health is not great. You don't love your program. You really want to see your family. I don't know. I just like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but like normalize quitting, (laughs) like normalize it. Like you don't owe anybody an explanation. If you're unhappy, you're unhappy. Do the thing that makes you more happy. Like it's fine. Like not everything you do is going to be the end all be all, especially when you're as young because 22 is really young. When you're that young, like that doesn't mean that you like have to decide everything right now. Your life could take a totally different path. So like nor- normalize it, C- quit, <laughs> move home, do the thing that makes you happy. Like take care of yourself. You don't need to like, life doesn't need to feel heavy and scary and dark. And like you're trudging through it. Obviously there are seasons of life that feel harder than others, but if you have the option, it seems like, like the way you're talking about it, it seems like you like already worked through like the process of moving home and what that would look like. It seems like you kind of already made your decision, which is why I'm just here to validate. Like if you were like, I love my program, I love my boyfriend, but I'm a little bit homesick. I'm not saying you don't love your boyfriend, but like if you were loving everything, you love the city, you love also that's where I'm going to the Taylor Swift concert, just by the way. Like if you were loving everything, but you just felt a little homesick, then maybe I'd be like, yeah, you know, maybe it's worth sticking it out. But like everything that you're listing, it seems like you kind of already worked it out that you want to be home. And I say take care of yourself. Go home. I've I have done that so many times. I am pretty sure actually this is like, this is like kind of embarrassing, but I'm just going to not feel ashamed about it. Like all the stuff that I did, like in my early twenties, like internships, study abroads, I'm pretty sure I came home early from all of them. Not my study abroad, but my internship I did. I came home early. The only reason I didn't come home early from my study abroad is because my parents came out there and visited me like the last two weeks. Um, like I moved to, so this was like this, uh, this was January of 2013. I want to say I moved to California, just like I found like my brother and sister-in-law lived out there. I had just gotten out of a relationship. So I moved to this little town home in Tustin, California. It's like right by Irvine. And, uh, like after two months I was like, I hate this. I'm homesick. I'm sad. I want to go home. And I just quit. I just quit it. I packed up and I moved home. And it was fine. It was fine. It was good experience. And like, I look back and I'm like, yeah, maybe I would have done it differently, but I was doing the best with what I had then. And it was fine. I tried it. It didn't make me happy. I don't think that we should force ourselves to be unhappy, like, because we think it's like currency for life. You know, it's okay to just want to do the thing that makes you happy. And, um, I feel like that's a good place to end. I think that's a good place to end. That's kind of, that's kind of the, uh, the vibe I'm trying to give this year is that, you know, no shame, no shame in doing the thing that makes you happy. Even if it doesn't make sense to other people, if it makes you happy, it makes you feel good and you feel peaceful about it, then you do it. You do it. So that feels like a wonderful place to stop. I love playing Dr. Maddie Schlesinger with you guys. And I I hope again, I just want to end with maybe my advice isn't always sound, but you're getting the realest and the rawest of, of what I think about things. So thank you guys for listening to me. You guys like, you know, 
All right. Should I get sappy? I usually do at the end of episodes. You guys have just changed my life. The fact that this is my career, the fact that you guys have, you know, celebrated my successes and been with me through hard things, good things, weird things. It just has changed my entire life. So thank you for being here. You're loved by me. I will see you guys next week. And I hope you are always safe and kind and hot. I didn't say that in my normal cadence. Be safe, be kind, be hot. Sorry. You guys do not like when I miss that at the end of episodes. So I try to never miss it. Uh, Remember the merch launch this week. Join me over on Patreon. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. I love you all so much. I will see you next Monday. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.